Hello, welcome back to Mon and Miss Monday. Today, as promised, I'll be looking at the differences between the different folk religions, specifically the differences between animism and shamanism. I'm your podcast host, Sarah Jane, and this is Mon Animism, a convoluted guide. As I may have mentioned, the belief in animism is caused as a side effect of a theory of mind in which where you identify that you have a unique identity then you come to comprehend that other people and other objects are independent to yourself and um, such as the way and as a cat looks in a mirror it won't recognize that it's saying an image of itself it has no concept of what it looks like now we know that humanoids gained a theory of mind 4.4 million years ago. And we know this because we find evidence that the early humans then split up and had different roles. So one person would do one job and one would do another. They didn't realise that they were all the same person. We all realised we were, had different identities. And of course, the side effect that is if we know we have different identities, then we understand that there are other non-human peoples in the world. So that's how animism develops. Um, but the first evidence for shamanism develops about 90,000, between 90,000 and 1 million years ago. And that's because, we know this because we start to find cave art that emphasise our ancient ancestors' capacity to enter into alternate states of consciousness which is obviously a key point of shamanism. Animism is the belief that spirits that exist in this world, or shamanism is the belief that we journey into other worlds to communicate with those spirits. Specifically, if they're not around us, where do they go? This implies that after the development of animism, but before the development of shamanism, a different unnamed spiritual belief came into existence, and this is the belief in an afterlife. Because there's no need to us to enter different states to find a different place where we go to, unless we actually believe we went on somewhere um, when they weren't actually alive, when we weren't actually present in the physical environment. So you get animism, then the unnamed belief in an afterlife then you get shamanism and then offshoots of shamanism you get the other folk religions um, such as totemism and ancestor worship Um, totemism is a practice that is done by the first peoples in Americas and also the indigenous people in Australia it's where the family spirit is akin to the European heraldic crests so each family has its own totem figure and sort of presence that means something specifically but not everything has life there's a specific a lineage or information that might be linked to a specific career path while ancestor worship is more prevalent in the asian communities it indicates that um it's a bit like shamanism that there are things coming through from other worlds, other consciousnesses, but actually they're linked to specific groups so that the people who had the most power, political presence, it would be their 
ancestors that will be coming through. It wouldn't be um, carte blanche across everybody. Um, all spirits will come through through a shame. In surveys of the beliefs of native hunter-gatherer tribes, it was found, one question, all native tribes, all hunter-gatherers, claim to be animists. They all believe in non-human peoples. Uh, and of course, this is because it's a side effect of the theory of mind. We, we see things as in that manner. In contrast, only four-fifths of these native peoples believed in shamanism. And then the same four-fifths native people, they didn't believe in alternate worlds or the afterlife. Um, so they didn't believe, where well, they didn't believe in shamanism, they also didn't believe in an afterlife. There was nowhere for them to go on to, therefore there was no need for them to be searching in their consciousnesses for that place. That meant one-fifth of native tribes, one-fifth of the people who claimed to be animist were not then shamanism. Um, Three-fifths of them didn't even believe in God and only one-quarter believed in ancestor worship. So of all the different tribes, all the different folk religions, all of them are animists, but like only a quarter were ancestor worshippers and three-fifths didn't believe in God. And this data is gathered by scientists and they're working out migration patterns where people come from and their um, joint heritage. So we find that it's in Africa um, where the purest forms of animism are found, where people don't believe in shamanism. They don't have that sense of the afterlife and they're coming sort of around the Ivory Coast sort of area. And those are the purest forms of animists. They don't have anything mixed in with it. Um, and this sort of uh, fits into the out of Africa idea of human evolution. This is sort of the beginning, the pinnacle, and the people who live here haven't really had much influence from other sources, and it hasn't really changed much. Um, in areas where people compete for limited resources, um, such as agricultural people where the food may be scarce, um, shamanism is much more important. We don't see much change from shamanism. Um, that's because shamanisms act to give social cohesion to a group. Um, the shamans will ask, act like a social worker or a caregiver and they'll explain things and make things work better. If you have a shaman in your group, it helps you to function. And shamanism, this form, is very prevalent in the European um, nations when we see um Folk religions from Europe, they're normally shamans. And then groups, most noticeably in Brazil, and this is in South America, they've evolved from shamanism, through shamanism into a belief in God. So that's much further down the line. But then they've, they've dropped their shamanic beliefs, but they've not dropped their animistic beliefs. So they believe in God but they don't believe in an afterlife and um, so they believe in a godlike figure and things have been made but they don't believe in alternate worlds so they've actually lost part of their um, shamanic beliefs much later on we know this because the tribes around them believe it but they specifically they've lost that part of their belief 
and they had this like change. Now you may wonder why I'm bothering to go through all the statistics when I was all I was aiming to do was explain the difference between animism and shamanism. But I want you to consider this. When do we use the label animist and when do we use the label shaman? So if I'm talking about a modern animist in my podcast, I'm surely not going to refer to shamanism. But we know that four-fifths of people who hold animist beliefs also hold shamanistic beliefs. So four out of five people who hold animism also believe in shamanism. Um, that would also mean that one in five of animists don't believe in an afterlife. They don't practice the animism, they don't believe in an afterlife. They don't believe in gods, they don't believe in ancestor worship, one in five. Um, that's not including people who might be in the group. They might believe in shamanism, but not practice shamanism. So when we see animists, we're going to know that their religious practices and ceremonies are always going to emphasise spirits that are around us. These are people who believe that their spiritual growth is found in their local environment. So you won't be looking at the afterlife or how things change or even moral duties, how we have got to evolve later on into getting to a better state for ourselves. Everything's happening now in the local time, the local time period, things that are living in the environment and things that are happening around them. There isn't a better future coming down the line. There isn't a finality. Everything's quite um, immediate and immediacy in how one lives one's life. You gain things, you live. You work, you live. And there's no sense in karma. The idea that things left unsolved will come back later. And all misdeeds should be... Um, misdeed is treated immediately. Um, specifically through death, curses, illness or malcontent. There's just an instantly, if something's going wrong, it's because something bad has happened. And we saw that shamanism was linked to the need to manage limited resources, the liaison between different group members. Um, but there's an expectation, therefore, that animists are largely self-sufficient, but they don't need that intermediary. They always probably have enough to sustain themselves. That's because the people are normally quite capable, um, physically and emotionally. And there's no need to have an intermediary. We'll see that people normally are quite reasoned. Um, they the mutual cooperation is normally quite high that they'll work with other people to achieve an end goal and there's no sort of hierarchy or control within them. There's less political structure and organisation within the groups and beyond like kinship or um, family living arrangements, it's all quite loose. And these things that make animism are the same things that reasons why new animism become a thing. When you look at architectural animism, it looks at group living spaces and contact between other species um, as a way 
of having sort of equality and also a sense of how we live and how we share our space. We see uh, feminism and matriarchy as being very important in new animism um, because the sense of the relaxed social structure, high levels of equality and integration in the way that people live together, um, sort of creativity and equalness. Ecological animism is also very important for new animists. They're looking at working with partnership with the planet, using only what's necessary, um, limiting consumption, perhaps looking towards self-sufficiency and reducing one's footprint. And this goes back to like living in with immediacy, being quite self-sufficient to reduce like that political stance. On top of this, um, modern animists, well, animists have sometimes to have this sort of atheist levels of belief there's no god there's no hereafter everything's happening here and now in this time frame there's no interaction between humanity and deity which means a lot of different morality stories and how we behave and um, it asks us lots of questions about humanity's future how we look after the planet but also you know um how we judge ourselves it says a lot about free will, I spoke about free will, and consciousness, and those kind of things, much different. And when we're looking at consciousness much more cautiously than even they do in shamanism. Shaman is just changing altered states of consciousness, but um, new animism has lots to do with morality and how we make decisions. But similarly, new animism is a quite a fun belief. I mean, it's filled with folk stories, fairies. You've got a lot of megalithic mysteries, things about ley lines and energy grids and those kind of things. You know, those are all animist beliefs. And then on top of that, you've got a lot of new animist belief coming in. You've got all your quantum realities, your Gaia theories, you know, all of that. This is something that is covered under new animism. There's lots of modern ideas coming to the forefront about how we should live our lives um, which is quite key and quite important and going forward so um, I hope you join me on my next podcast um, I'm still I'm going to maybe look a bit more about shamanism and the difference between them specifically about dreaming perhaps dreaming I don't know but I look forward to seeing you then so tune in for that